investing is like the roof of the house. You try putting a roof of a house without building strong walls and strong foundation, and that's a recipe for disaster. That's Marilyn Pinto, founder of KFI Global. And this is In Your Best Interest, your personal finance podcast. I'm your host, Philip Mudder, and today we'll be sharing the right way to teach your kids about money and some of the common mistakes parents make. Marilyn has helped more than 3,500 kids in the United Arab Emirates learn all about managing money, well before they even start investing. Marilyn, welcome to the show. I can start by saying that I never learned about money in school, and I think learning how to manage money is also one of the biggest gaps in any career anywhere in the world. No, and you're absolutely right, Philip. There isn't a single school anywhere in the world that is doing enough uh, to teach kids about money. And that's just, a, it's just, if you look at it, you know, we're sending tourists to the moon or, or tourists to space, uh, you know, we're flying cars, uh, you know, robotic surgeries. In, in every other um, sort of realm, we're, we're able to do so much, but we can't seem to teach our kids how the one skill that we know is going to benefit them, that we know is going to keep them out of trouble. I, I just find that uh, I just find that ridiculous, and maybe that brings us to why I actually started this in the first place. How did you get end up there? Yeah, so I actually just I think I, it started when I wanted to uh, teach my own kids. They were eight and ten at the time, and I realized they were academically quite smart, but when it came to money, they were pretty clueless. And I realized it wasn't just my kids as well. And the more I looked into it, uh, you know. I just realized this big gap in the education system. So I was just looking for a, I didn't intend to start a company. I just wanted to enroll my kids for a program. But everything that I came across was, it seemed very simplistic and very cliched. Like, you know, you have these three jars, save, spend, uh, in a charity, whatever. And I, it didn't seem to be, it didn't seem to be giving enough attention to the problem. And that's what I thought was needed. So I dived straight in and I realized that financial literacy is like a, it's like a, like an onion. There are so many different layers to it. There's why the kids don't understand it's important, why the parents aren't stepping up more, why schools aren't including this, why is this being taught in a way that kids don't understand how important it is. Um, and, and that's why I started uh, KFI Global, really. Uh, you know, we've um, we worked with some of the most respected organizations here in the Middle East, with Emirates NBD, Dubai Islamic Bank, TCOM, National Bonds, just to uh, bring this education to more, to more students around. And we're really passionate about this because I think it's it's a life skill it's a life skill that we aren't uh, we aren't equipping our kids with have you gotten a better understanding why that is the case why is it not taught in school in math class right i never understood why they don't teach this in school because you start as a teenager you start having maybe your first job you get some allowance why you don't know you just spend it all right I, so that, why that would be the logical step is i've to me, it's already very early on. Have you identified any or talked to educators and wh why that is the case? I've talked to tons of educators and tons of schools and administrators and you know school owners and and uh, they usually come up with uh, with these three main issues: one, a lack of funding, a lack of resources, and a lack of time. Now, to me, none of that really makes sense because I think these are these are minuscule with regard to the kind of benefit the students would get once you give them the skill, but even even if you give them that and okay say they have the lack of time they'll have the lack of resources and uh, uh, you know and the lack of operational resources it, when it comes to kids itself with with kids this is an unconscious incompetence what we mean by that is that they don't know that they don't know right money is an unconscious incompetence for them so if you tell a kid that they and if they don't realize this how are they going to learn it because they don't see the importance of it 
so that's the that's the school part right but yep. you also mentioned or exactly like i don't know my parents never studied finance or something yeah. right so and in germany well it started a little bit more now but if, I, i know when i remember when i was growing up no one was really investing in stocks much at all right it's not a big thing real estate is one thing everyone buys their one house right yeah. pays it <laughs> off and then by retirement you have your house that's like the normal families or like you know what what everyone aspires to so that's kind of what you're taught right so Where do you see the issue with parents, right? Like, how do you teach your children about money, right? And it's in various ways, but no one has the clear no. answer, right? I think everyone is kind of searching for that sweet spot if they even think about it. That's the other thing. That's There's people exactly who are in the right. finance space. Yeah. They're not even <laughs> teaching their children. That's exactly right, Philip. And that's a really good question because with regard to parents, I mean, you know, we, we try to do our best, but really, if you're a parent, you're already overwhelmed with so much of other things that you've got to keep up with. And then thinking that you've got to sit down and teach your kids about money can sometimes be overwhelming, particularly because we haven't done the program ourselves, right? We haven't been taught in a formal way. We don't know. We, it doesn't come with a book. We don't realize that these are the topics that we need to talk about. And for most parents as well, we haven't been doing a great job with our own money. So we think, who are we to actually advise our kids on this? Um, and because of all of this, and there's another problem there. There's a thing called proximity bias, right? Kids don't really listen to their parents. I know my kids don't listen to me. So that's why I sort of suggest that you leave it to the experts. That way you know that every single thing that needs to be covered will be covered, irrespective of how uncomfortable it is to talk about. There are no biases there. They will cover everything that, that the kids need to learn. Um, so I think, yeah, leaving it to the experts is, is, really, is really good advice when it, comes, when it comes to money. But that being said, You also have to be involved because money isn't like history or geography where, you know, I can teach your kids without giving it some context. Uh, we always give the kids the context, their, their family context with regard to money. And that's really important that the parents take an important role in it. But maybe it needs to be guided by an outside party. It just becomes easier that way. I think the kids tend to listen to the parents more as well uh, when it's guided by an outside party. So. So school isn't teaching our kids about managing money, and kids don't like to listen to their parents about money. The solution, according to Marilyn, is to leave it to the professionals. So how does she do it? Later, Marilyn will share a five-step methodology, the money mistakes parents have made, and when you should talk to your kids about investing. Leaving this with, with the professionals is great advice, because I think I have done countless hours of financial planning for families and you wouldn't believe how many very smart right engineers doctors doesn't matter the full breadth and stuff of it right they're all experts in their field right and then when you do a full financial plan do like holistic financial planning really sit down right look at everything everyone their eyes open oh i never done this right i never done my own balance sheet i've never really looked at my cash flow saying, oh, I didn't know I spent this much on this, but uh, I thought I wouldn't, right? But building these habits is difficult also for adults, right? If, especially if you've never done it. So doing it very early on is so important, but then you can't teach your kids if you've never done it, right? And I think what I've seen a lot, obviously, in, through financial planning, I've also seen you know, some divorces and fights and uh, between the parents of the family. And I think... Because f 
finance, especially personal finance, is always a hotly debated topic, right? It's a lot of friction in families too. So I, I, I had a lot of people where also when you didn't really see, oh, why have you never done this? Or why do you feel about it this way? You get answers like, oh, well, my parents never talked about it. Or, you know, I, they thought they thought about money, so I never wanted to deal with money, right? There's all these historical things too that as a child, you're very exposed to as a child, right? How do you help kids then you know change right absolutely uh, and yes you know you're absolutely right teaching kids early is 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 the key because the earlier you start and you know i've taught kids right from seven years up to you know 23 24 years and i can tell you that the earlier they come to us the easier it is to teach them just because their mindset is is not yet formed you know you, you're, you're able to mold it so much easier when they come to us as teenagers there's a little bit of unlearning that they need to do before we actually teach them because they've already you know they're already used to spending money in a certain way they're already used to thinking about money in a certain way they're already used to behaving uh, in a certain way. So there's a there's a lot of unlearning that needs to happen. Whereas if you start this when your kids are 8, 9, 10 years old, it's super easy. It's like taking candy from a baby. You can so easily mold their their mindset. You can teach them the right things to do. And it it becomes a, it becomes a, it becomes instinctive for them. The behavior becomes instinctive, you know. Like for example, I always compare it to learning another language. Kids at a younger age would learn it at you know, really simply, you don't have to sit down with grammar and learn to conjugate. You you speak it without an accent. You speak speak it fluently when you learn a language at a younger age. And I think money is just another language. You know, the sooner that you are exposing your kids to it, the sooner that you get them used to it, the better they are going to be. Um, and and, uh, and I've seen that with so many of the of the kids that we do. Uh, the uh, the later they come to us, it's always more difficult. Um, it's not impossible. I'm just saying it's a little more difficult. But it's also where we focus on because teenagers are, they are at the critical, they are at a critical stage right now. They are in a year or two going to be spending money, going to be making money decisions, they're going to start earning. Uh, and, and they're doing this with zero money training. I mean, how fair is that? I, I don't think that's fair at all. So that's where we actually focus our, our efforts on. No, it's not fair at all. I agree because that—that's again where I would, where I go back always to. Hey, I was right away in wealth management, so immediately I learned for my first job to put money away and actually and invest it on top of that, not just putting it away, right? Whereas I have friends who had really good jobs as well, and they never did that because they never thought about it. They just worked really hard, you know, early morning, late nights, and then last thing on their mind is spending time picking investments, right? And that's exactly um, it, because, I mean, you were lucky, but why should this be down to the, you know, throw correct. the dice? Why should it be down no, to, oh, I got be. lucky? It shouldn't be. It is a skill that is easily trainable. Like it, you, you can easily train kids to do this and the returns are stratospheric. So there, there isn't like, oh my goodness, you know, the kids go, could, we could ruin their life by teaching the skill. Uh, no, absolutely not. This is a skill that everybody needs to learn. We shouldn't leave it to luck that, you know, oh, we got into wealth management or we got into a company that trained us for this. It, I think we have, as parents, as educators, just as people, and you know, as part of society, we have a we have a responsibility to make sure the young next generation is not making the same mistakes we are. And I always tell the kids, like, Correct. we're not telling you don't go and make mistakes because that's it's a key way of learning. What I am saying is, don't make the same mistakes everybody else did before you, because that is a yeah. waste of time. Go ahead. That is go a big make, waste of time. Yeah, exactly. That's a big waste of time. Go ahead and make mistakes, but make new ones. You know, discover new mistakes, but don't make the same 
mistakes your parents and grandparents and everybody else before you did with regard to debt and overspending. And that really hits home for them. That really makes them think that, okay, I really need to be the one to change this trajectory. And, uh, and, and you know, even though I say it's tough to teach teenagers, I also say it's most rewarding to teach them because when you see the scales fall off their eyes and they just go like, oh my God, uh, how could I have gone? The fact that I could have gone through my life not knowing this. And, you know, we teach this to, you know, even students, some of them, they're in their final year of business and accounting. These are university students who are studying finance and business and accounting. They come to the program thinking, oh, this is going to be a breeze. I already know this. I'm a finance and accounting student. And by the end of the program, they're just like, oh my goodness, it is so scary to think that we could have started our lives uh, without no, without having this knowledge. Um, and and that's you know brings me back to the point where it's an important skill. We we don't we have no excuse not to teach this to our kids. Absolutely no. And and what are the main pillars that you teach in those classes uh, when when you, when when they go through the program? Where we differ is in the way we teach it, in the how that we teach it. So over the last five years, based on the thousands of kids that we've taught, we've come up with a with a five step methodology that we actually use. And I'll I'll quickly go into that over here. So the first one is is R. It's it's recognize, right? The first thing is recognize that with kids, this is an unconscious incompetence. They don't know that they don't know this. So obviously they're go they're going to be a little hesitant about signing up for the program because they think they know about money. So you have to understand that this is an unconscious incompetence for them. They have no idea that they don't know about it. Once you once you take that into consideration, then you'll understand their hesitance in signing up or their you know uh, or, or just their overconfidence with regard to the program. And that's a big first step. The second R is reason. Right? We need to tell them why this is important because. Teenagers are smart. I mean, you know, uh, really, Gen Z is one, they're super smart. You know, if they know that they're going to benefit by something, they're not going to refuse to learn it, right? They, 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 they are going to say, yeah, if, but we need to show them how this is going to help them. We need to give them the reasons. We need to tell them why. Once they know why, the, the motivation then becomes intrinsic. You don't have to tell them, oh, we're going to give you a certificate or we're going to give you credits at the end of this. They're going to do it because they know it's important. The motivation is interesting. That was it for me, right? Yeah. And I can apply it to something exactly. when there's a big apply reason. This why, why when when you go to normal school before university, everything is a little bit like, oh, you just have to do it to get to university. To right? get to you university. To to, uh, in yeah. most cases, we teachers, you know, teachers don't tell us why we need to learn something. It's usually because it's, it might be at the, it might come on the exam. It might be at the exam. That's the only reason. Exactly. That's not a good reason that's for not people, a good for kids reason. to be motivated. Exactly. That's, and that's why you have teenagers who are disengaged, disinterested in school, just because they don't see, all of the motivation is extrinsic. What we do is focus on intrinsic motivation. Tell them how this is going to help you, how this is going to change every single aspect of your life, irrespective of what career you choose. It doesn't matter what career you choose. I don't think there's a single career that you don't have to be smart about money, right? So, and that is what we teach the kids. So that's the second R. The third one is relate to them. A lot of programs, when they start teaching kids about money, they start with mortgages and, um, you know, uh, re retirement accounts and, um, you know, sort of pensions. You've lost the kids at hello. Uh, these kids can barely think ahead to next Friday. They're not going to. It's not possible for them to think about when they retire or when they get their pensions. Yes, these are important topics, but maybe not at this time. You know, and there's a lot of research which supports just-in-time financial education. Teach them the things that they need to learn for now. When you're a teenager and you think about uh, the first thing you hear is retirement, you're yeah, like, you're just like, that's it. That's like the end of their thinking because now it's like, I'm no, not supposed to have fun anymore. I just work until then. I know. <laughs> it's like, 
That's exactly it. So that, that that's the third R. When we say whatever you're teaching them, make sure they find it relevant. They can use it in their life right now, not in 10 years or 20 years or 30 years. Make sure whatever we're teaching them is very relevant to their lives right now. Uh, the fourth R is raise, which is called raise the bar, you know. Uh, so most financial education programs focus on knowledge and awareness. Like, okay, we give you the formula, we tell you this is what you need to learn. But Awareness isn't enough, is it? I mean, we all know we need to exercise more, but we don't. We know sugar is bad for us. That doesn't stop us from eating sugar. So awareness is just one part of it. What really needs to happen is a confluence of knowledge, mindset, and behavior. And, and a lot of programs don't focus on these two very important aspects, not, which is um, mindset and behavior. And, you know, like T Tony Robbins says, any new skill that you learn, 80% of it is your psychology. Only 20% is tactics. So I see most programs focusing on the tactics rather than what's your mindset? What are you trying to achieve? What are your goals? What's, what is, what's the way that you think or believe about it? And how can we change that to make it better? And that's what we do. So that's the fourth R. Uh, the fifth R is reflect. Reflection is super important because if you don't reflect on something, you're less likely to use it. Uh, if you Reflection is what takes this from short-term memory to long-term memory. Reflection is what makes you think about how can I actually use it? And the more you reflect on that, it, it makes the information you've gained more useful and it makes sure that you actually use it. So we use this, you know, I've given you sort of a concise um, sort of way, uh, uh, description of the methodology we use, but we stick to this methodology with, with every program that we do because we've seen that this, this is more holistic. It delves with the motivation, it delves with your mindset, it, it delves with everything else. It's also about making it relatable and fun. So I think if we've been majorly successful with getting teenagers to absolutely love our program, it's not in the not so much in the what we teach, it's in the how we do it. And this methodology would explain that. No, I, I love all, all five steps. I think <laughs> the, the, the way you explained them makes perfect sense to me. Uh, one thing I do want to um, get back to uh, for, for one moment that we talked about earlier is we talked about teenagers, right? And we have a lot of parents listening to the show. Mm -hmm. What are some of the mistakes that parents make and that probably should avoid when okay. they talk to their teen about uh, money, right? Yeah, sure. So there are a couple of mistakes I've seen when, you know, talking to tons of parents who've, who've, who we've met over the last 5,000 5, students that we've sort of spoken to. Uh, there are some key mistakes that parents seem to make with regard to teenagers and money. And the first one is, is possibly this one that they delude themselves into thinking that their kids are going to learn this in school. Uh, and that is something that they need to get out of. Uh, as, as you know, you might think, oh, my, 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 my kid's doing business studies or economics or finance. This isn't part of any normal curriculum. And, uh, and you need to understand that because once you understand that, then you'll, need, then you'll say that, okay, then you'll realize that you need to take the steps in order to make this happen. The school is not going to do this. So this is a delusion you really need to wake up from. Um, the second thing parents realize, you know, sort of make a mistake by thinking, my kids will figure this out. You know, I did, so I'm sure they will as well. Yes, they might, but the point is they'll waste so much of time and money doing that, right? And this in a way will affect their confidence as well. So why would you want to do that? Why would you want to make them figure this out on their own when there is an easier, safer, cheaper way for, for, for getting them this knowledge. And, and that's the second mistake when parents think, you know, my kids will figure this out. Uh, the third one, I think, is when 
parents don't realize the value of an early start. And I know we touched on this earlier, but really when, when you teach your kids early, they begin to harness compound interest so much earlier on. They begin, they, it gives them time to practice. It hardwires the information in their brain in a way that really sticks with them over the long term. So an early start is something that I say, is really, really important. And most parents really make this mistake by thinking my kid's too young or not ready or not interested. You cannot overestimate the value of an early start. Um, maybe the point number four, I guess, would be that as parents, we tend to focus on tactics and not strategy. So we want to say, like, oh, we give our kids an allowance. We'll, you know, Let's focus on what kind of credit card or debit card should I give them or what budgeting app should they use? should they use. But these are all tactics. This is not a strategy, right? And what I'd like parents to focus on is a little more on, on the strategy. Like, have your kids been educated about this? Because just giving them a credit or a debit, app, uh, a debit um, card doesn't necessarily mean they're smart about money, right? In fact, I've got no, kids No, I had my, my first credit card when I was an exchange student in the US. Yeah, my absolutely. dad gave me one because I was 15, right? <laughs> Not a good idea. He Not regretted it idea. after the first month. <laughs> I, I have kids in my class who come to class and these are, you know, kids who have platinum credit cards. They have, they have no limit on them. And these kids have never seen a credit card statement. They don't know the difference between how a debit and a credit card works. It's really shocking, right? And and, and that's what I mean to say. So sometimes we focus on things like allowance and debit and credit, which really makes no difference. What you need to do is work on the children's mindset and their awareness. And, and that's, a, that's a key mistake I see. Uh, another, another mistake I think is with regard to parents. Whenever we talk to them about money, we bore them because we are constantly over talking about the same thing. Or, you know, when I, and then we start with the, you know, when I was young, that, that's just, the teens just switch off. The minute you start with something like, oh, when I was young, they're not listening to you anymore because for them, it's not relevant, right? We belong to the age of the dinosaurs. We were, we are so ancient. So uh, I, I think just getting, get, making it a lot more, a lot more uh, relevant to them. We also tend to overcomplicate it and make it unrelatable. You know, I, I always. And I think friends, you put a good point there because you, you mentioned this earlier today, right? You you mentioned that you kids don't even listen to yourself, no, and they went to a course don't. with uh, yeah. another teacher of yours. So I think may, maybe I'm just making this up, but maybe it's a, it might be a good idea for, for for parents to find someone in their trusted circle that is maybe good with money or with something money. that they know. Hey, maybe it's yeah. better for them than even to to for talk sure. to their children. They definitely right, a higher chance of their kids listening to them. But what parents can do is because that's mainly because as parents we tend to lecture. Right, you do. You should do this. You. This is what you should do, and we should, and we should. And kids don't like that. But if we wrap up that message in a story, now that becomes a lot more interesting. For example, you tell them about a good friend of yours who was earning a lot but really landed in debt because. So now this becomes a story that they can ask you questions about. This becomes something that they are curious about. But if you're just lecturing to them and telling them what they should do, they're not listening. But if you wrap that message in a story, now suddenly you've got their attention. And, and this is what we tend to do uh, as well. In school. We tend to get kids to ask their parents about certain things that encourages the parents to tell it to, to their kids in the form of a story. For example, one of the key things that we do is we get the teenagers to go back and ask their parents, what's the biggest financial mistake that you made? Right? But it's not just that one question. We train them how to, to be an investigative journalist of sorts. We train them to ask, to really delve deep into and get the context. So how old were you when you made that mistake? What did it make you feel when you made that mistake? How long did you 
did it take for you to realize that it was a mistake? What do you? What was your key learning from that mistake? Uh, you know, um, and different questions like this. And once you put the kids in the driver's seat asking the questions, they are paying attention. I mean, I've got parents who come to me, you know, three or four years after their kids have done the program saying, my kid still rem reminds me about that stupid mistake that I made. And I'm like, do you think that kid is ever going that, to they will make know that, that mistake? They will keep that exactly. in their mind forever. They will never repeat that mistake. And it's something so simple, right? But when you when you uh, when you involve the parents in this way, when you make it more fun for the kids, put them in the driver's seat, let them ask the questions. It changes the whole face of financial literacy. They see, they see it as something relevant. They see it as something fun. They come to class saying, "I can't believe my mom or dad was so stupid. I cannot believe that this is what they did." When you're hearing this from the teenager, you know that this is something that they are not going to repeat in their life, which as far no, as I'm yeah. concerned, we've succeeded. Right? Yes. That, that's your first parameter of success. Um, and, and that's part of it as well. And I think there's, there's one more here, but where parents tend to want, this, this is a pretty big mistake. Um, they, direct, they want their kids to learn about investing. Investing is a sexy topic. Everybody wants to be involved. Everybody wants to learn about it. But my and it, it's good. It is important that we teach our kids about investing. I mean, that's the secret to wealth creation. That that's the reason we are doing this. But investing is like the roof of the house. You try putting a roof of a house without building strong walls and strong foundation, and that's a recipe for disaster. Right. And that's what we see so much that we have in schools. You have kids going for stock, you know, uh, uh, virtual portfolios and they're giving them, you know, stock um, stock picking classes. These kids don't understand the difference between a debit and a credit card. They don't know needs and wants. They don't know cost of credit. They don't know. Uh, they don't know the different kinds of debt. And you want them to start investing. I mean, you as a financial planner, Philip, I'm sure you'll agree with me that you require a basic amount of personal finance in order to then get to the step Correct. where you are willing to, where you are ready to invest. And as parents, we want to jump that step, and that's a really, uh, really risky, really risky thing to do. And I think that's and that's that what you do. see a lot, right? When yeah. I do financial planning with people who are successful in their careers, they have you know they have many gaps in their financial plan exactly. but they all already started investing, investing. and made also their mistakes too yes. but yes. investing like you said it's so to speak like the sexy thing to do right it's like yeah. the, the the thing that everyone talks about at, talks at lunch about. right yeah, with exactly. your friends at the golf club <laughs> or you play soccer right you talk about it so so i think that's why for some reason that gets always pushed at the forefront, but yeah. you they don't take care of the house. Like you said, I like that analogy. I use that a lot as well, yeah. is you need to know what you actually have. Where yeah. do you stand today, right? In order to and track that somehow, right? Um, in order to understand when can I invest? When should I invest? What should I invest for? Yeah. So and all these know, basic questions that needs to be answered first, right? Exactly. And it really brings, you know, I think I mentioned that when we get kids to ask their parents what's their biggest financial mistake. I mean, nine out of 10 kids who share that when they come back, nine out of 10 times, the biggest financial mistake their parents made is an investment mistake. Right. They, they went into investment not knowing about it. They got scammed. And, and this really brings the, the thing to the students like, oh, my goodness, everybody's parents are making such big investment mistakes. And it, it really tells them that, OK, maybe we should listen to this woman and really build our build a strong foundation first. Uh, you know, maybe there is something to what she's saying. We shouldn't just jump into uh, investments directly because teenagers are very curious about it. They come to class the first day like, OK, when are we going to learn about investments? Uh, is Bitcoin a good thing? Like, which are the cryptocurrency? And I'm like, don't even talk to me about the word investments. We are not ready for that. You are not ready for that at all right now, right? I need you to be patient. We will get there, 
but we'll get there when you're good and ready. There's no sense in rushing it because if you do, you're going to be these examples that your kids then talk about. Oh, this is what my mom did. This is what my parents did. So I think it's a really which is pretty important. powerful if you do that then in in front of the classroom and there's like you know twenty thirty people uh, kids there and they. Exactly. You're not only their own personal parents, so they get 30 different ones. That's already 30 lessons learned in one session. That's precisely what I'm saying, and that's we tell them. You know, it's you know, most people say it's smart to make your own mistakes or learn from your own mistakes. I said I don't think that's very smart. I think it's really smart to learn from other people's mistakes. So what we're doing in the class is actually sharing everybody's mistakes as they come in, and we use them as their. I said it's very easy for me. I can give you case studies, but here you're getting your own case study, right? You're learning to get your own case study to class that we then discuss. We then talk about. What could have been different? How they could have avoided it? What can we learn from that? It's such a powerful lesson, and uh, and this underpins everything that we that we teach them. This is this is how they start off, and then they go like, oh my goodness, I don't want to be in that situation. I want to be. I want to be able to not make those mistakes, and and it sets them. It sets a good stage, let's say, for the rest of the learning. Yeah, no, super powerful, super powerful. Thank you, Marilyn, for sharing that. Um, I, I do have a couple more questions. You got an MBA. Yeah. And uh, do you remember, though, what you did with your first paycheck? Oh, that's an embarrassing question. I was hoping you wouldn't ask. <laughs> Because <laughs> oh, I... this is the one question I ask every guest. So we just came to it later on. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh... I, I I splurged on taking my family out, my friends out, just because that was my first paycheck, and that's what I thought you do. You celebrate, and uh, my and, and I I wish I could say it was just the first one, but it was not just the first one. I think that's that trend carried on for for quite some time. And again, I put it down to not knowing any better. I put it down to not being told um, that. This is maybe something that you should be thinking about. I didn't even hear the words personal finance when I was growing up. Really, I mean, yes, our parents told us save, save, save. But again, it was our parents who listens to them, right? Um, Correct. <laughs> so yeah, that answers your question. Really stupid decision. Yeah, no, absolutely. First and then, paycheck. And between that first paycheck and you, you know, thinking, you know, hey, how do I get my kids to learn about personal finance? What, what was your personal finance kind of like? breakthrough or like what was that you know between you know not knowing yeah. you, after your first paycheck to getting to the point oh i need my kids to learn about it and then you teaching it yourself so yeah. where, where how did you you know kind of get interested in that topic uh, so other than your kids I, i think it's not that i was uh, bad with money in the sense i wasn't in any debt or anything like that i was i was pretty careful with money you know but what i what i really regret and i and that would make me really angry as well as that because we weren't taught about this is because i i lost out on key investing time. I should have started investing when I was 18. I only started uh, when I was 35, right? So that is, that's not, that's, that's so many years gone where you could have, where compound interest could have worked for you. And that I feel is, is my biggest financial mistake, not knowing that. So I didn't make mistakes with regard to credit card debt or buying things that I could not afford. I, it, it wasn't that, but I feel this is also a pretty big mistake. Like you, you've lost out on, a, on an opportunity just because you weren't, taught or educated about it early enough. And that's why when I teach kids this, I keep telling them, I said, it makes me angry that nobody taught me this when, when I was young. And I want to make sure that you guys don't have that. You don't have that regret. Uh, and I, I also say, you know, when we were growing up, nobody taught us this. So we can say that we have that excuse to fall back on. Oh, we, 
Well, nobody taught us. That's why we made those mistakes. I'm effectively taking away that excuse from you. You can no longer say that now because you are being taught, you are being uh, educated about how to how to how to do this right. So yeah, for me, for me, that was that was the biggest mistake, uh, and that was a big learning. Once I started reading up and you know, sort of looking into uh, looking into why this wasn't taught, just getting smarter myself. I think uh, just with all of the reading and research that I did, and of course with teaching, because with every class I teach, I, I learn so much from the students. It it really is just with with regard to their you know their aspect, their their, their way of thinking. Um, and I think I've, I've gotten so much smarter just with regard to when you, when you teach someone, you always get smarter, I, I believe. And, and no, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, I think. And then, like you said, you get every time you get also a lot of mistakes from their parents. So you learn yeah. also hey, what not to do from that. Right. Hey, it's learning True. by doing as well. True. But um, so then before we wrap it up, then. Um, is there any like the best? Uh, I always like to ask, uh, what is the best money advice you ever received? But is there from, in my from case, it would be outside? the best money advice I never received. Uh, but yes, okay. to, <laughs> to make, uh, I, I think it's it's something very simple. It's the pay yourself first principle, right? You when you get your paycheck, you first take out an amount that you want to save or you invest, and then you force yourself to live on on what's left. Most of us are doing it the other way around. And by the time it comes to that, we really don't have much left to save and invest. I think that's such a powerful principle. And it could I know that it can it can change the trajectory of people's lives if they just start thinking about it like that, if they just start putting that into practice. So yeah, I would say that's the most powerful piece of advice. Uh, that's beautiful advice. Uh, thank you, Marilyn. If our listeners uh, come from the uh, UAE area, right, Middle East area, mm -hmm. uh, how can they, you know, enroll their children, learn, out, learn, find out more about uh, your programs? And then I want to ask you also, how, what can people do who listen now and who don't have access or are not in that area? Uh, because we have listeners from all over the world. So, uh, yeah, how, how can people learn more and find out so more about So they can just come to our website at uh, kfi.global and we have a lot of information there. We have a lot of resources in terms of all of the things that we spoke about are actually there in terms of blogs, in terms of, in terms of publications. So they can go and download mm -hmm. that for free. There's a scorecard as well they can fill up, which gives them an idea of what their teen's financial empowerment score is. It's a really fun scorecard. It just takes two or three minutes. It's completely free. It also, once you do the scorecard, you get a report and you also get a few pointers on what you can do to change that uh, so yeah I'd invite them to come and do the scorecard with us it gives them it's it's a fun little quiz that they can that they can do um, yeah I think yeah we'll definitely put uh, for all the listeners we will put all the links in the show notes as well yeah. and then you can uh, you can follow them as well sure and, and also I mean in a couple, I'm, I'm writing a book and I think it should be published in the next nice. couple of uh, couple of months so once that's available then all of this information can be you know I think anybody anywhere can can use it and uh, and use it to teach their kids about money in the way that we are now teaching the teenagers here in this country uh, no thank you so much for joining us uh, really appreciate it that's it for the show this week. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe and leave us a review. The reviews really help us and we love reading your comments as well. In Your Best Interest is hosted by me, Philip Müller. We're produced by Stashaway and we're mixed by Mo Ramley.